Welcome to Enigmatic Metallic Podcast, where we respect fashion's past, analyze fashion's present, and get excited about fashion's future. I'm Liberty Ampoff, founder and creative principal of fashion media company Manic Metallic. Once a week, we'll bring you episodes about exciting things happening in fashion, discussion about current things facing the industry, and the places and people that have made the fashion industry great. We'll have a mixture of episodes with guest interviews and solo episodes, all designed to challenge your assumption of what fashion is, who it is for, and who can participate in this industry. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram at the Metapathology Podcast and at Metapathology. We'll link in our show notes. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Manic Metallic Podcast. I'm Liberty, your host. For episode 43, we speak with Alexis Kalkovecchia, creator of Style and Now. Alexis is a style blogger based in upstate New York. She shares style advice, outfit inspiration, and loves highlighting and working with brands making an impact in the fashion industry. Along with fashion, you'll also find beauty and travel on her blog. There's so much advice packed into this episode on many different aspects of fashion, and you truly don't want to miss it. Join me in welcoming Alexis to the Manic Metallic podcast. Alexis, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Liberty. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So for our listeners, let us know, because I'm familiar with you and what you do, but let our listeners know in just a couple of sentences what you do in terms of fashion. Like, what's your involvement with the field? Sure. So... I am a style blogger, and I've been doing this officially since August 2020. And I also focus on mostly sustainable luxury fashion, and I also have holistic wellness and beauty intertwined in it. So those are like my two passions that have come into one on the blog. Okay, and definitely got a couple of questions about the blog later on as we go forward and podcast. So let us know a little bit about your early life when you were growing up and just how it directed you towards getting into the fashion industry as opposed to going into let's say you said that you weave wellness into style in and now which is your blog so why fashion and what was it about your life that turned you toward the field yeah so I was always interested in it growing up I was always fascinated by what my mom would wear And I remember like wearing those little chunky heeled booties with flared jeans growing up all the time in like third grade. It just helped me express myself because I was also a very quiet kid. I was very selective in who I would talk to. So I really think style and fashion helped me kind of mold myself into who I am now. You know, just being able to style and create my own personality through clothes rather than speaking. (laughs) That's really, I think, where... It all began with my interest. And then as I got older, like I always wondered if styling was even a job as a kid. Right. But as I got older, I learned how to sew. And I remember even as a kid, my great grandmother, like we would do embroidery with her. And it was always just interesting and fascinated me. I think also just the creative outlet of it as well, because you really can create whatever you want. So that always interested me as a child. So Eventually, I decided to go to school for journalism with the goal of merging fashion and like hands-on styling and possibly writing for a magazine one day. And to backtrack, I started my blog before I went to college, but I never really was consistent with it. And I also just 
didn't have a niche. I was kind of just writing about my life and I kind of put it on the back burner. Right. And just the fact that I pretty much taught myself how to use WordPress ever since 2015, 2016. So I would always have technological issues. And sometimes, you know, because when you're learning, it's like trial and error. Sometimes it would just be like, okay, maybe I'll just come back to that. So eventually I put on a pause and went to college to pursue my journalism degree. And I did two years at community college and then I transferred and then did two years at a public school. There, I realized I didn't want to work for someone else. I wanted to do it myself. And like I tried getting help to like build a blog and trying to figure out the structure and everything you need. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it just wasn't the right environment for me to find that. So I just ended up figuring it out as I went and did it on my free time. And then... I eventually got into styling and then I was assisting a celebrity stylist for a little bit and also working on my blog during that time. So that was in 2020 and then everything happened and I actually decided to move to Washington State at that time in my life and I focused on my mindset and inner self and growth because I wanted to evolve and my main goal was to figure out that my niche and my blog and figuring out what I wanted my brand to be. Now I'm here. So that's pretty much the background of how that started. But yeah, back to what you originally asked me. Definitely fashion has always been an interest in my life. And yeah. All right. So I have a few follow-up questions because it sounds like you have a really interesting story and relatable. And I actually relate to a few of the things, believe it or not. Like the fact that you were shy and selective as a child and really... Now with me, it was more like, I didn't want to bother with people. I don't know if you were like that level of, I'm shy and selective, but that was me. I feel like a lot of people that get into fashion aren't necessarily extroverts, even though the media would have us believe that fashion is full of extroverts. I actually think that there are a lot of us out there that start off being more reticent dealing with people and use fashion as a means of self-expression. Yeah, I agree. Right. And so community college, I feel like it's an option that not enough people take a look at when they're looking at where do I want to go to school? I can't afford going to the university or or maybe you just don't want to start at the university level. I feel like going to community college, at least in the United States, going for two years and then transferring over is just a really, really smart decision in my view. Yeah, I think that for me, I loved doing that. I also commuted to community college. So like some people want that college experience, but I just wanted to get my core classes and everything done that I needed to to get that associate's degree. And then like from there, figure it out along the way. So I think that's a great option for anyone who's in that sort of position. And like, really, the first two years, you're just (laughs) getting those main classes and stuff out anyways. But I didn't go to school for fashion. So like, I understand if you're going to like a four year fashion school and being immersed in that as you go. So I think it just depends on everyone's situation. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't go to fashion school myself either. In fact, when I was growing up, I didn't even... Now, this is growing up outside of Atlanta, so I'm 
basically in an excerpt between being in the metro area and being basically out in farm country. I didn't even know fashion school existed. So I didn't go to fashion school either. Now, I actually did go straight into a four-year school because that was another thing. I didn't know that the option to start at community and then make my way up even existed. I feel like when we're younger, we all learn about going straight into a university and then that's it. So Yeah, I can totally agree with you on that too. And I understand that feeling because, I mean, personally, I don't believe everyone needs to go to college at all. I technically did not need to go for what I'm doing now. You know what I mean? It is also about the experience. But if you would have asked me when I was in high school, like figuring out my life then and deciding on whether or not to go to college, I probably would have taken a gap year during that time. But also it doesn't matter because like why look back, you know, and I don't regret any of the choices I've made. But I definitely think it's something everyone should talk about more, especially in those early days when we're trying to figure out those next steps in our life. Right. And in terms of moving to Washington, I understand personally like why someone would love Washington State because I've been, I immediately fell in love with the Pacific Northwest and I thought to myself, you know what, if I wasn't in the thick of the fashion field and a lot of my work tied me to New York, or at least I felt that it did, I would just pack up and move. I'd just leave the East Coast behind completely. Yeah. But yeah, why Washington? Um, well, my husband was in the military, so that's where he was. And I just had the opportunity and I wanted to, well, I was actually originally going to move to New York City. And then all the crazy stuff happened with shutdowns and everything. I just strongly felt like I should just go because I've never been there either. And I just wanted a new environment, especially to like work on what I wanted to and work on my blog and focus on myself. Right. As well as be with him and why not? Because I can always come back. So that's why I initially like went out there. And then I ended up staying out there for about a year and a half. And I think I was out there when I originally like initially met you. And we chatted. Yeah, you know what, you actually were because I remember we met online in 2020, I believe it was. And yeah, we had our like initial online meeting. Yeah, that was it then. So like when I was out there, I couldn't physically be in New York. But I took the opportunity and like time to network with people all around the world in the industry and those who did inspire me and who I admired. So that's pretty much what I did during probably that year and a half. And I think it's all about just putting yourself out there and just doing it, you know, because literally like I wouldn't have met you, you know, so it's one of those things you can be anywhere in the world, I believe it's just about how you pivot and adjust. Exactly. So you tie wellness a lot into what you do. And I'd imagine that the Pacific Northwest had a big effect on you wanting to combine fashion and wellness together. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. And I think that's why actually I was there when I figured out my blog name as well, because it's called Style in the Now. And my main focus is to just be as present as possible in life and to live day by day. And also, I wanted to incorporate style and fashion, obviously. So merging those two together, fashion is changing every day. And now I feel like there is a lot more sustainable and ethical brands that are coming to light. And I think it's just like really cool to see. And 
that is another reason I got into that as well, just because like I've had my own experiences with having a certain reaction or something to wearing a specific piece of fabric. And because there's so many dyes and like so many things that are, you don't really know that our clothes are produced with. So I just take really, I mean, I'm cautious, but I'm not 100% perfect and I don't strive to be, but I definitely am cautious and conscious of what I even put on my skin because I focus on beauty as well. And that includes garments, so. Right. So when you give your style advice to your followers, because I notice it's something that you do a decent amount, makes sense. When you're looking at clothing to recommend, do you take into account the sustainable credentials of the brands that you're dealing with and the types of fabric that they use and just making sure that it's not a fabric that could cause allergic reactions with people or how does that work? Well, so I recommend the pieces that I use and items that I know have worked for me. But everyone has different reactions to things. And I mean, I had no idea like I was allergic to whatever it was in the dress I got. But I think it just depends. Everyone's dealing with different skin things or hormone stuff. So I think it just depends what that person is going through or how they react to things in general. Because I also do have a bit of sensitive skin. So I think just being knowledgeable and understanding your body and what you like and what doesn't work is really important in that sense and deciding whether or not to get a specific shoe or piece of clothing. Okay, so let's talk a bit more about style in the now specifically. You gave us a bit of the backstory on how you came to start it. Now, what would you say that your goals are with style in and now both for right now and for the foreseeable future one of my goals is just to overall like create that community where people do have similar interests and like want to learn about designers and sustainable designers specifically and holistic skincare and beauty and ways to better yourself also while focusing on like a timeless wardrobe because I just got to the point where, so I often focus on buying pieces or creating a capsule wardrobe meant to last years down the road because I personally got so sick of buying these cheap items that were, you know, they're not cheap as in like cheaply made and eventually something would break a month later or the threads will start fraying. And I'm like, why am I even investing in this? Because you're just going to like, then you end up buying more of that same piece or something else. Mm -hmm. And it just is a downward spiral, I feel like at that point. And I'm just like, I think it's so important to invest in the quality pieces. I personally like, I know ethical and some sustainable brands are more expensive, but I look at it like this. In the long run, you are spending more money on something that will last you forever and that you'll wear down the road so many times Mm -hmm. rather than something that you're just going to keep for the short term and have to replace. So that's how I look at it. Okay, so that's a way that I look at it personally as well. Now, there is a contingent of people out there that does talk about the expensive nature of sustainable wear. And again, while we could look at it from the standpoint of you're spending less money because your clothing is going to last for a long time, there are people out there that simply can't afford even the upfront cost to buy that item that's going to last them for years and years. 
even though it's a better buy in terms of quality and and actually money if you calculate it out. So if you ran into a member of your community that was in that situation, they couldn't necessarily afford upfront to buy these sustainable items, what advice would you give them? Yeah, so I also understand that if someone has a family and there's kids also, you're not going to be going out and buying these expensive single pieces because the kids are going to be growing anyways. Like I get that. But there's a lot of alternatives now, which I think is super cool. Like Poshmark is a secondhand shopping platform. And that's something that I use all the time. There's just so many ways to go around having to buy brand new, at least. Because even if you, when you're buying secondhand, it's still more of a sustainable lifestyle than just buying new off the rack. So there's Poshmark, there's Fashion Pass, there's Rent the Runway. Platforms like that. And of course, thrifting and vintage shopping as well, if anyone was interested in that too. So I just think that... It takes a little bit more work, but once you get in the habit of doing that as well, I think it comes more easier to you. And of course, with kids, a lot of times people may have a friend or someone who's donating their kids old clothes. So I think that's just those little things that can eventually lead to a big impact. Yeah, exactly. Now, there's also, and that's really good advice, there's also a contingent of people out there that have issues with purchasing secondhand clothing in general. And if you're in a situation where, let's say, you can't afford to buy newer sustainable clothing, but also you have issues with purchasing secondhand clothing, and and those people do exist out there. I just, I don't know what to tell you, but... Because I've done thrifting and I've done secondhand shopping so often over the past few years just because I wanted to avoid being wasteful myself. I feel like if you're an individual, it's really easy in the climate change era that we're in to get trapped in this doom spiral of, I'm just one person. What can I do? How am I actually going to change things? But I feel like if more people just took the mindset of, you know what? Maybe I will give secondhand shopping a try. Maybe I'll do this sustainable thing or that sustainable thing. And while I think that we can't blame individuals for where we're at right now, I do think that collectively, if we all did these things, then we'd get a lot further environmentally. Yeah, I actually, I agree with that. And I think, as you mentioned, like in the beginning, if someone was thinking, if I'm doing something, it's not going to fix the masses. Yeah, well... As long as you are doing something in your life, you also might inspire someone else close to you to do the same thing. It's just one of those little trickle down effects. And I think that just with someone focusing on themselves in that situation, rather than like comparing what's going on with everyone else as well, that's just really where I think the change takes place sometimes. So absolutely. Yeah, all you can focus on is yourself as especially in the times that we're in. Mm hmm. Yep, you really can't control what everyone else is going to do. So, And I think it's easy to get caught up in all that too, you know? So that's also why I take the time to center myself and focus on my mindset, especially in the mornings before I start the days. Okay, so what is your morning routine? Give us a bit of an idea on that. So I, with mine, I only recently got into the habit of getting up earlier. And for me, early is 7am. I don't know about for everybody else, but I don't so much have a routine. I'll get up, I'll eat breakfast, I'll talk with my husband, and that's about it. I'll exercise a little bit afterward. But what's your routine? 
So I am like you too. Like I don't necessarily have a routine, but like I have things I like to accomplish in the mornings before I start the day. So I too like to wake up early. I am also a night owl sometimes though. I'm working on that. Right. <laughs> Ideally, I personally like to wake up at like 5, 5.30 just to get everything started and not be in a rush when I need to get out the door or whatever. And one of my favorite things to do is catch the sunrise. So I often like to be up beforehand or like when it's taking place. And then I always do a meditation it's usually guided meditations on um, Spotify, whether that's five minutes, 10 minutes, or 20 minutes. I don't usually go over 20 minutes. But after that, I'll do a little bit of visualization and journaling with pretty much the goals that I want to accomplish for the year. And just where I guess it's kind of like a manifestation step just to like visualize and write what I want to achieve down. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I will do a little bit of skincare. I often do gua sha in the morning to depuff around my eyes and just to like release those toxins from the lymph. So I usually do that and I'll let my dogs out and everything and then have breakfast. And I have been trying to drink water before coffee a lot more. Yes, yeah, super important. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to stay hydrated more as well. But that's like pretty much the morning routine of the things that I'm usually always trying to get done at least before I start my day and like I would prefer to work out in the morning so when I do that's sometimes included as well when I have time to do that in the morning I'll do it but oftentimes I'll do it later during the day but nighttime isn't usually my favorite time to do that I feel like for me working out in the morning is a practical thing I know that it's not practical for everyone but for me it is because I feel like when I work out I would rather do everything I'm going to do in the morning, do my workout and then go and shower and then start my day rather than let's say I'm eating my breakfast and then I'm starting my day and then suddenly I'm working out at 1pm and then I've already taken a shower but now I've got to take a second shower and redo my hair and it's like, oh god, I'm not doing this. So for practical reasons, that's why I'm now a morning person. Yeah. <laughs> no, same. Like, I just, it needs to be flowy, you know? Yeah. So... Let's move on a bit. I noticed because I follow you on social media, mm -hmm. you worked at a fashion week recently as a stylist. And I feel like that's something that our listeners would take particular interest in because if you're interested in fashion, I know that a lot of people would probably want to be connected with the fashion week. So how did you manage to get that styling gig? Yes. Yeah, so that was the Hamptons Fashion Week and I went with Bold Swim. And Tiffany, she's the founder of Bold Swim. She's amazing. We connected over in 2020 and like had a business relationship since. So she's just an amazing person and I love what she does with her brand. And then I've worked with her a couple of times with virtual styling and then I became an affiliate as well. And she reached out to me about this opportunity to style the show. And it was my first fashion show ever, but it was amazing. That was one of the things I've always wanted to do. So I think it's just so cool to have not even really like gone to school for fashion and then have that opportunity. And I mean, I couldn't have done it without her. She was amazing mm -hmm. and just she believed in me. And I think it's all about believing in yourself and choosing the people you want to work with and Ultimately, like when you're with the right people and you're working together, it's always going to lead to success. 
but it all starts with believing in yourself. And I actually wrote a blog post about that as well. And just advice I would give for someone who is doing their first show, because I personally couldn't find any advice on that. And that's something I definitely wanted to help people navigate that feeling because it is nerve wracking. But as long as you have confidence, it all kind of comes naturally as well, especially if you have an eye and you're interested in fashion and being hands on. So yeah, I think it's just about believing in yourself and going for it. And also just not saying no to opportunities, because I think that everything happens for a reason. And whatever opportunity comes up, you are capable of it. Absolutely. So you'll have to get that link over to me because I want our people to be able to read it. I'll put it down in the show notes once I get the episode together. Okay. So you mentioned earlier about having it as a goal for style and now to want to create a community of like-minded people. What strategies have you found to be more successful than others in building that sense of community with your audience? I think a lot of it is understanding like feedback and brainstorming different ways to be creative and kind of express what my audience wants to see in different ways. So I have a weekly style edit that goes out every week as well as my newsletter. So with that, I usually incorporate like outfit inspiration. I know my audience loves to have outfit inspiration and direct links. So that's one of the things that I always make sure to do. I think focusing not on like the follower amount is huge and not focusing on who you don't have yet in your community. Like I think it's all about prioritizing who you have and those who are signed up for the newsletter and understanding what they say for feedback and everything and then working in different ways to kind of make things interesting for them or make it more easier for them to access certain things. So for example, I currently have a weekly style edit just looks that I create with the links that are completely styled by me. And I'll send that out in my newsletter as well as the weekly blog posts that I put up. So things like that. And that way people can have direct access to those things that they're really interested in. And then Instagram, I definitely know who my core audience is and the people who engage the most with me. I think it's also really great to put up polls and receive that direct feedback. And also, I think it's awesome to just ask someone like what they think about something. I often ask my friends and a couple people that I've met through my blog, I'll ask them not about ideas, but I'll ask them if they liked how I did a certain thing or if they wanted to see more of that, because I think everyone needs feedback to figure that out. I think that's the most important thing. And then once you realize what works and what doesn't work, to focus more on that, you know? So I asked about community because Instagram and social media in general has seen a lot recently of upheaval, so to speak. That goes for Twitter, Instagram, and I think that platforms like TikTok have kind of stepped in to take advantage of those upheavals. And so you've got all these people saying that Instagram is dying or Instagram is dead or we shouldn't use Twitter or whatever. But you seem to be thriving on Mm -hmm. Instagram. And I feel like that's a really interesting thing. So if you've got all these people saying that Instagram's dying, but yet you're doing so well on Instagram, how do you think, I won't say how do you think that is? Because of course, well, you're doing it not like, oh, it can't be done. But If you could give like one or two pieces of advice to people that might be in fashion and they're struggling with 
building up their followings or their companies or whatever, what would you say to them that you've done that you've seen success with? Oh, thank you. First of all, I did hit 2000 this year. So it was really exciting. But I also use Pinterest very heavily because I do have a blog. So I focus on SEO in that sense and track things to the pins that I put out. So pretty much Instagram and Pinterest are my main platforms. I have a little bit going on TikTok, but it's just not my thing at the moment. I haven't figured it out. You know what I mean? And I just stepped back a little bit from that to focus on the two that are doing really well and also my website. So those three things combined work really well. And one of the things that I believe Instagram is great for, I'm not sure if this is on TikTok yet, but I think Instagram is just great for the polls and then also just directly linking things and talking about whatever it is that you're putting out there, especially on stories. And I don't think that TikTok has that access to stories unless you hit a certain amount, not stories, lives and stuff. Like, I don't think they have that access unless you hit a certain amount of followers or something. But I think overall for advice I'd give for growth is just showing up. And I don't think it has to be every day. Like I've recently seen my photos and reels take off without posting every day. I'm also kind of figuring that out. I feel like it's always changing too. But I think the most important thing is, is what do people want to see and what does your community want to see? And I know for me, a lot of it is just mainly outfits and outfit inspiration. So I've been focusing more on that and kind of incorporating more of a lifestyle aesthetic and vibe on my feed while also doing some behind the scenes on my Instagram stories and then linking looks that way. Okay. Yeah. I feel like the good thing about building a community on whatever platform you choose to do it on, whether that's TikTok or Instagram, what have you. I feel like the great thing about it is that you're not going to have to waste a lot of time throwing things at the wall and hoping that something sticks because you've got this built-in group of people that are going to be more than happy to tell you what works and what doesn't and what do they want to see. And I do think that there could be a balance between you giving and you being a general term, giving your audience what they want and also being able to have a sense of creative control over what you're doing yourself. And I think that that's a fine line. I think you're doing well at it, by the way, but I think it's a fine line because on the one hand, you've got people that will say, you know, I'm only going to put things out there that are attractive to my people. And then I feel like personality can get lost in there. And then you have those that are like, I'm not going to listen to anyone. I'm just going to post what I feel like posting. And then no one connects with it. And then they wonder why. Yeah. And like, I think as well, I just feel like, well, for me, at least, I noticed I caught myself thinking into things too much. And just being real and being who you are is the best option. And also, I was like over Instagram, honestly, for a little bit because of all like the bots and the fake people and like the influencers who would just follow you and expect to follow back. Follow for follow. And yeah. And like for a while, like that was happening, but I think that's always going to happen. It's whatever. But in the end, the people who are part of your community, they're always going to be there for you and be there with you in it together. So ultimately, I think anyone who needs advice on Instagram needs to just be themselves and your people will follow. Absolutely. So I know that one thing that 
I've been doing with Manic Metallic Strategy recently is keeping Instagram, of course, because that's where our audience started. And that's still where the core of our audience is located. Mm -hmm. I've been expanding Manic Metallic to TikTok or attempting to anyway, with varying degrees of success. It's arguable whether we're doing well or not. But if you're listening, go and follow us on TikTok. (laughs) We've got some good stuff over there. But doing Instagram, doing TikTok, but also expanding our newsletter, expanding the Manic Metallic podcast and keeping our website going. And I feel like if you, being a general term, if you do those things, just make sure that you're not building your company strictly around the whims of social media and algorithms. I feel like that's probably the best way to build community. Don't spread yourself too thin, but just Build it in a few concentrated places so that you're building almost an ecosystem. Yeah, I like that. And I think it's so easy to to burn yourself out from this. And I mean, I've experienced it. I think everyone has. So yeah, that's definitely a really great way to look at it. Right. So what's your take on the fashion industry and the direction that they're going with sustainability right now? Do you think that they're going in the right direction, the wrong direction? What do you think? So overall, I think the fashion industry is moving towards the right direction. And I think it has been for a while, but I personally focus on focus as in I'm more interested in the independent designers who are doing those sustainable acts and producing the ethical garments and everything. I just, I think overall, as long as there's more independent designers who are doing that, I think that the industry is going in the right direction. Okay, that's fair enough. What do you think? So I have a lot of thoughts. I always like to hear what everyone else thinks about where we're going in terms of sustainability. I think that if you're focusing on smaller independent brands that are doing these really positive things and making positive steps forward with sustainability in their businesses, then I believe that fashion, like that sector of fashion is doing really, really well. You have a lot of really good independent creators out there. I think that where fashion's going wrong are the bigger companies. I agree. The bigger companies are steering us all in the wrong direction. They have no idea what's going on with their own supply chains. The certifications are basically on the fritz right now. And I think that the negative direction that those companies are going and the bigger ones are obscuring the really positive efforts that smaller independent companies are undertaking right now. Mm-hmm. To be honest, some of the fashion shows recently that I've been seeing online and everything, I just feel like they're not focused on, there's still a lot of waste involved. And it's interesting because I do think the fashion industry is going in the right direction as well. Like like you said, with the independent designers, but definitely like the bigger companies. I feel like there's not a lack of care, but it just doesn't seem as important, I guess. Yep, that makes sense. I believe that what is important in fashion to a lot of these larger companies is and always will be the profit motive. I don't think that that's the only thing that's going to always be important to these companies. I do believe that there's a creative impulse there because it's fashion. There has to be something. But I think that profit's always going to take 
precedence over anything, whether it's creativity or sustainable initiatives. And I do believe that they're trying now, but I believe that these companies are trying because the people, the consumers are giving them pushback. And I think that if that pushback wasn't there, you wouldn't see any efforts. Yeah. I agree. And I don't think, like you said, like, I don't think that that profit mentality is going to go away, which I mean, that makes sense. So I don't know. I just think overall, if you are buying from smaller designers as well and smaller independent businesses, I think that's really all you can't change everyone else, but you can change how you yourself contribute. That's a really good way of looking at it. It's a really healthy way of looking at it, too. Again, we can only change ourselves. Give us something that you're working on right now that has to do with fashion that's exciting you. Honestly, nothing new at the moment, but honestly, the weekly style edits that I do in my weekly blog post, it is very exciting to me because, I mean, it's something new every week. And I get excited to hear feedback from my readers and to learn more about what they want and also what they're uh, buying as well, because I want to see what they're interested in. I love asking my audience about whether or not they want a dressy look or cozy outfits, and especially for Valentine's Day coming up. Recently, I incorporated date night looks that are dressy, but also a cozy night in. So I think that's very exciting and fun to me. And I mean, it's also consistency. I've been really excited about being consistent because that's something I struggled with in the past as well. Consistency is hard. It's, it is. It's something <laughs> that when I first started Manic Metallic, Manic Metallic started only as an online publication. So we weren't a full-fledged media company. We weren't even a company in the legal sense. We became a legal company in January of 2021. But when Manic Metallic first started... It was actually 2019 unofficially. And we wrote a few articles and put them on the site. And that was it. Didn't write anything else until 2020. But I think that getting that discipline down is super important if you want to accomplish anything, especially if it's a business or a creative project that you're doing. Yeah. And it's really with anything in life. Even working out, the more you do it, the better you'll get. And then the more you'll kind of build up that momentum to keep going to. So that's been one of my goals this past year and into this year that I've been working on. Right. So give us, so we kind of talked a lot about sustainability and where fashion's heading with that. But is there anything else that you would hope to see fashion tackling over the next, I'd say, year couple years as an industry um let me think i mean not really at the moment but what about you though i have way too many opinions to fit on one podcast for the direction that fashion should be going in if i had to name one i really wish that fashion would And this isn't going to happen. So this is really just throwing a drop of water in a desert here and hoping that an ocean springs out of it. But I really wish that fashion would move away from being so, so money hungry and that it would get back to the basics of pushing for creativity and elevating its creatives and rewarding people that are trying new things instead of people that are concentrating on what's going to sell or ideas that aren't necessarily new, but it'll make them money. 
Yeah. And actually, Liberty, you just sparked one of mine. I'm so sick of seeing the bigger companies and corporations just copying small designers and taking their creativity and designs like that. I know there's, I'm pretty sure there's ways to protect yourself in that sense, but it's crazy to see how these big companies are just, they've been doing it for so long. Yeah, copying is something that the fashion industry has always faced. And it's kind of hard to protect against, honestly. I know that, no, I'm not a lawyer in any way, not giving any legal advice at all. Just disclaimers here. But fashion, because what you're creating in a way is an idea, mm-hmm. it's hard to copyright an idea. You can copyright a product, but it's hard to copyright an idea. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like I should have a fashion lawyer on the podcast. You should. That would be amazing. If you know any, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I might. So I'll definitely send you their information. Okay, yeah, that'd be awesome. Because I feel like I have so many questions. And I feel like the people that listen to our podcast probably have the same questions. So yeah, honestly, I have a ton of questions too. <laughs> it's just one of those things. People don't care, I feel. So it's easy to copy something that's doing well. Absolutely. And also they just have no new ideas that they're bringing to the table. So what's it to them to just go and find this small creator that has a wellspring of creativity and talent and steal it from them. And because you're a bigger company, you're going to get the credit for it. Yeah. We're getting to the end here. So I've just got a couple more things that I'm going to ask. Now, do you have for anyone wanting to join the fashion industry, Again, you've given a lot of advice on the podcast, so thanks. But if you have anything else that you would recommend that people do if they want to enter this awesome industry that we're a part of. Um, yeah, so I think I'd say just don't focus on perfection, especially if you want to start blogging. But also just with anything like social media, don't focus on perfection because it really doesn't exist. And it's all in your head. And as long as you just do whatever it is that comes to your mind, do it. So it doesn't manifest in someone else's world. There's a reason that you are feeling the need to go after what you're thinking of. So I think just get out of your head and don't focus on perfection because I was focused on perfection for a while just with what my blog's website had to look like and the photos I was taking and stuff like that because it's easy to get into your head like that. But I'd say pretty much just overall, don't focus on the fake idea of perfection. And that seems like really simple advice, but it's really important advice. If you're interested in fashion, fashion is an industry that thrives off of dreams and it thrives off of illusion and creativity and creativity is the most realistic of those. And I feel like it's easy for us to get caught up in making everything perfect. We have to write the perfect journalistic article. We have to write the perfect social media caption. We have to take the perfect photos. And I think that there is a difference between being a perfectionist with what you do, but also having standards with what you do. So I think Mm -hmm. that you have to find what that line is for you. And I think that it's different for everyone but don't get caught up in making everything perfect like you said because you'll never get any work out into the world if that's what you're focusing on yeah and what does perfect even mean it's just an idea that you are overthinking 
someone else's perfect can be totally different than yours. So that's another thing. The fashion industry, I feel like growing up, especially just with models and magazines and everything, young girls think that there's these certain people and the way you have to look is it has to be a certain way in order to be perfect. And I think that's, I mean, with social media now as well, I think that's a really scary path to go down. It absolutely is, especially with the generations coming into their own now. You grow up with social media right there at your fingertips, and it's only getting more and more advanced and crazy every day. You know, technology is the metaverse, AI, all of these different technologies. And I think that I'm bringing those up because I think that those are going to play pretty big in terms of social media and community building over the next few years. And so whatever we can do now to move people away from this idea again of perfection would be a really beneficial thing to do you know those of us that are in the industry now my last question and this is one of my favorites actually so the area that you live if you could give us three suggestions whether that's a concept store or a fashion boutique or fashion designers that are in your area. If we were visiting where you live, give us three suggestions for who we should look up, where should we shop? What do you guys have? Yeah, so first of all, I love this question. I think it's so cool. Close to me, there is a really cool glove museum in Gloversville, New York that I think everyone should visit. It's all about the history of gloves and Daniel Storto is a world-renowned glove maker that actually originally started that museum so it's definitely a really cool place to check out especially if you love fashion and then I think the other two they're just two brands that I'm currently loving they're in New York City they're New York City based but one is Kenzie K Atelier and then Mirror Palais. I just love their attention to detail and design and they're both sustainable brands. So definitely check those out. Oh, and then another thing too, I think people sometimes forget about this, but I've personally been shopping a lot on Etsy and there's a lot of small designers and brands that um, sell through there. So it's definitely a good place to go through if you have time one day or like if you're looking for a certain item, maybe just check out Etsy because you'll probably find something great there. I always usually find great finds. Yeah, Etsy, believe it or not, I'm going to plug for Etsy too because I got my wedding veil off of Etsy. Really? Yes, I did. And it was such a good price, less than $100 and really well created the most beautiful thing that I could find. Yeah, that's amazing. That's the stuff you'll have these pieces forever. And like, I'm sure it's great quality, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And actually, one of my most worn, I got a wool coat there from Etsy. It's a Ukrainian brand. I bought that coat, like my husband got it for me, actually, because I wanted it for my birthday, but like a few years ago, and it's my favorite thing ever. The quality is amazing. It's perfect. It's warm everything I needed and I'll have it for years down the road so awesome Etsy is a great suggestion so you guys are listening go buy some stuff off of Etsy now I know there are also a lot of really good Ukrainian designers on Etsy as well and it would be a wonderful opportunity to go on and support some of them right now given recent world events Mm -hmm. yeah definitely right so we're at the actual end now Do you have anything that 
you would like to plug to our audience? I don't think so, but definitely I would love for anyone to reach out to me if they're interested or have any questions, interested in knowing more about what I do and to check out my blog, which is www.styleinthenow.com. And then it's Style in the Now for all of my social platforms as well. And yeah, I just want people to feel free to reach out to me if they feel inclined to do so. So, but yeah, other than that, Liberty, thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And I enjoy having you again. I feel like this has been a really informative podcast for people that are going to be listening to it. And it's just interesting hearing how you're holding up online with your fashion blog and yeah, just getting to have a, another conversation. So thanks for being on. Thank you. Of course. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening. If you got value out of today's episode, it'd mean a lot to me if you'd rate, review, and subscribe to the Manic Metallic Podcast. Be sure to tell all of your fashion-inclined friends and co-workers about the podcast as well. This would really help us to spread our message about fashion being an art, discipline, and force for societal change. And don't forget to stay in touch with us by subscribing to the Manic Metallic newsletter and following us on Instagram. Feel free to reach out to us through either of those means. I'd love to hear from you. I'll link these all in the show notes. You're the best. See you next episode.